Welcome to the Grandstand Golf Podcast. This is Kevin Bapti, and I'm joined by my brothers, Adam. Hey, what's going on? And Craig. Hey there, everyone. Guys, what an exciting afternoon of golf. Woo. Did you expect DJ to make birdie when he was coming down 18 to get into a playoff with Rom? So I, I did not. I thought that when he was on the tee, I thought he might have a decent chance. But as soon as he hit that tee ball way out to the right... And they were talking about how much trouble he was going to have trying to bring it anywhere close to the hole. Uh, it just didn't look like putts were going to get made from a distance on that hole. And so without getting into the fairway, I, I really didn't think he had much of a chance. Did you think he had any chance to make that putt, Adam? I mean, that putt was brilliant. One of the best snake putts we've seen in a long time. It's going downhill. It starts out way left. It creeps to the right. You think I almost thought it was going to hang out to the right a little bit. Comes in, hits the flag sick, right in the middle, as true as can be. It was, it was, it was a goosebump moment. Like it was incredible. I think that both all of us were probably watching Mackenzie Hughes putt pretty close, and we knew in that last five feet it bent to the left. There yeah, yeah, bit. yeah. So about five feet out, I thought that DJ's putt was looking pretty good. So yeah, what a moment. Oh, it's it's unbelievable. It's one of the, I mean, then we go into the playoff. We're back at eighteen. And we have two long putts again. Rom, you're thinking, okay, can he leg something up there to get par and kind of and extend And let's, let's not forget, let's go back a moment. JT, or sorry, JT, DJ gets a huge break by getting a ricochet off a tree into the fairway. So he's he's in, in an advantage position. But he's a ways out. I think he was 185, 190 out. So, I mean, his fade didn't kind of fade. So he was a little bit further away from the hole than he should have been. But yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't, it was a good position, but his tee shot was. Well, it's a huge break. I mean, he he, he should have been in jail um, and have to have tree trouble and punching, you know, in some way trying to navigate through, through trouble. But instead he just had a longer shot into the green. Um, so, but yes, then we're both we're we're both on the green and rag, and Rom has what what do they call it sixty six feet? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, I I don't think he thought that was going in. I, I think he was just you know like eh, it looks like well, a decent leg butt. And... I think you could see him. He was walking. I mean, to his left to kind of get an angle. I think for when the putt w- might go past as it was coming down that hill to see to kind get of the how read. it went to get the read, and then he stopped. He's like. Hold on, this this has a chance. DJ compared to Rom with their excitement level, Rom is just like cheering and I'm jumping off the couch. I'm fuss like fist pumping. I am oh, that's incredible. Yeah, I well, love I loved Rom, his reaction. Yeah. Rom wears it a lot more. Yeah, you know, he, he you can see the excitement in Rom where I think it's there with DJ. He just is a, as cool as a cucumber. He always but is. Th- that, they commented that on that too. Of, that reaction um, you got out of DJ was as on 18 when he made the putt to go to the playoff was as much as I've seen out of him. Well, and that's what they commented on the broadcast. They were saying you won't see that much emotion from him because he's pretty nonchalant most of the time. Didn't it seem a little bit delayed, though? Like he made the putt. He's like, OK, body, you must react and celebrate it. OK, fist bump a second and a half later. <laughs> but um, what, a, what a round by Rom today. What did he end up shooting? 64? 64. He was 66 on Saturday. He had the two lowest rounds for Saturday and Sunday. The Saturday round, I don't know if we want to jump into this right away, should have been a 65, but we have the ball marking incident where he just picked up his ball, like freeze tag, froze there. I've never scatty. seen anything like so for, that. So for anyone that for anyone that hasn't seen this, essentially he went up to the green, he fixed his ball mark on the green, 
And then he went to grab his ball and toss it to his caddy, but he didn't put down his mark first and just picked up his ball. And then as soon as he did it, he realized what he had done and they, they stood there frozen for a few minutes until the, until the official could come up because he didn't know like if he was going to get further penalties if he did anything else. So it's just one of the most bizarre moments I've seen in a, in a um, PGA event. Something that's so routine for this guy, these guys. It's like putting with a putter cover on or something. Like it's so bizarre. It, it, they've gone through it thousands, millions of times of ball marker down, pick up the ball, clean the ball, proceed. And that's where you think it's just like it's some practice he, he's gotten into in his practice rounds or like some habit he's gotten into where he'll just toss it and then put it back down roughly where it was and just right. mental lapse. I'm not in a practice round. I need to actually properly mark my ball here. But yeah. So essentially it was a one stroke penalty is what it came out to. And then that without that, he wouldn't have even had to go to a playoff. He would have had it would have had it one in regulation. But he just kept making birdies. In the final round today, I was I was so impressed. Every time he thought, well, oh, you know, the drive he hit on the par five on fifteen hits it way right, gets a break where it, it kicks it out of the hazard. That was he, unbelievable. So he, it he just ended spits up having, it out. What was it? Two eighteen in on his third shot because he just had to sort of punch it up the fa- the fairway and advance it. Just hit a gem in there and and makes a birdie. Still, you know, he takes advantage of the break he got. Right. I was just I was very impressed with Braun today. I think he reasserted himself when there's been a lot of talk about DJ over the last couple of weeks. Rightfully so. I love this battle for I mean FedEx number one, world golf ranking number one. JT kind of had an off week. Rory kind of had a resurgence, but it's DJ and Rom right now, and it is kind of a it's a classic kind of they're at their best right now and they're battling. Rom got Memorial. DJ got one last week. They battle again this week. I love it. I can't. Well, I don't think. Seeing. I'm not counting JT out of it yet. Um, I'm not. I, I do think. I do think the momentum has gone away from him. But I still think he has. He's right there, if not still the front runner for Player of the Year. Uh, but I, to be to be debated. Well, let's let's just wait until after next week, and it might it might become more clear if it's. If one of those three guys wins next week, I think we have our answer for player of the year. It'll be more if someone other than those three wins. Then then it gets complicated. Then there'll be a debate. That's that's true. But it certainly sets the stage for next week. And it also, like, it really sets the stage, I think, for the U.S. Open. Like, I think in terms of... Uh, there hasn't been a, a non-major that's played this tough in, in quite a while. And so in terms of what we can expect from people when we're at winged foot, uh, like it's going to be, they're talking about the rough being similar lengths. Uh, they say, I, I heard a report saying that uh, these, the the greens out there at winged foot are going to make these look easy. So, so seeing who can handle these, these conditions right now, I think it's a really good teaser preview into that U S open. I agree. And I loved how hard it was out there. I thought, I texted you guys, I think it was after Friday, that yeah. it's it's awesome watching this. It really does make the the cream rise to the top. You know, it's the best players that are going to win on courses like this because it's so hard. And it had the feeling, I you know, it played a little bit easier on Sunday, but after Saturday, it, it had the feeling of a major. I, I completely it, agree. And I actually want to bring that up. Did, was Sunday, like, did they... 
water the greens a little bit too much overnight. Sunday, I feel like we wanted to see a little bit more tease from the course, and we just didn't get it. The fact that a 64 was out there, and we loved how good Rom played, but could he have shot 64 on any of the three days prior to Sunday? You know, I think the wind was down a little bit today. I think it was a little overcast, and they didn't get that wind in the afternoon that they had got the other three right. days. And the greens just don't get quite as baked out. Everything stays a little bit softer in those conditions. Yeah. Um, and I think that was the main reason that it did play a little bit easier. But in some ways, it's fun to see that on a Sunday because these guys have jockeyed to get into that position. And then the guys that aren't, you know, their psyche's not too damaged from the previous three days. Somebody like Rom can just go out and get it, you know. He, yeah. he sees that the, well, the, everything's a little more receptive. Maybe he can go after it a bit more. And he does. It still was over par too. So like the the average today was still um, over uh, 70. So it, I mean, yes, there were the people who were moving up the leaderboard were, were making birdies out there. But it's not like they, you could quickly make a double on most holes just yeah, with how the I, course yeah, is playing. For sure. I agree. Which, which to me is one of the real things that that brings that excitement because a lot of these other tournaments, they're really going to have to make mistakes to make bogeys and to make double bogeys. So if there's, if there's a bit of a lead, those, those can be so safely, uh, those can be brought into the house so easily. Whereas a course like this that can just jump up and bite you for big numbers. um, It, Mm -hmm. it means it's the drama is not over until everyone's in the clubhouse. Exactly. Exactly. And every, Every shot means that much more when you're in those conditions. A par, you know, a five or six foot par putt is that much more important because you need to keep that momentum going. Because like you say, you can, it can bite, jump up and bite you at any time in the round. You know, your drive goes a yard off the fairway and you could end up drawing a schmaggy lie and you, you just can't advance it out of that stuff. Um, and, and that could easily lead to, to a bogey or worse. Whereas a lot of the time, it doesn't even really matter that much. And it's just a birdie fest. And I, I much, much prefer setups like this. And I, you know what? I think most golf fans do. I think that the players probably don't as much. Some but... players. I think there are players that enjoy the tough test, enjoy the creativity that this kind of course creates where you, you can go high, but maybe you have to go low. Maybe when you're 50 feet off the green on the fairway, it's easier to putt in and kind of roll it up because the greens are so hard. But I also like today how there are so many, I mean, a, a good handful of players that could have taken it. Matsuyama and DJ were tied coming in. Neiman had a great surge early on Sunday. Finau had a surge late. And it's like, what can he post to kind of scare these guys a little bit because bogeys are out there. And then we had Rom kind of playing out of his mind and DJ doing what DJ does. Yeah. And just, just the one thing, like... I, I think that oftentimes uh, this is preferred, but I think it's hard for people setting up these tournaments to make this happen because if, you know, they're so dependent on the actual weather that if they have had, yeah, it's been dry and so they can bake out the greens, but then all of a sudden they get a bunch of rain that week and then it's, you know, it's soft. For sure. These yeah. players can hit into it and take advantage of it. So, and then if if they go too far the other way, then they lose the course, which you'll always hear the players complain about. If it if it does start to become, you know, greens get too fast and they're just not holding anything, and it becomes silly. So, it, it, I love this. I think golf fans love this, but it is harder, I think, than many people appreciate to actually properly execute this. 
And, I think and let's remember that Olympia Fields is a major venue. It has hosted right. a U.S. Open in the past, so it is capable of of doing this where not all courses are. Yeah, and it's nice to have different tests throughout the PGA season, so you can have the minus twenties, the minus thirties win a regular PGA Tour stop. But I think the fans like to see the majors and the playoffs. I mean, play a little bit tougher to to bring, like yeah. you said, the cream to the the cream rises at in those situations. I don't know if it's thirties plural. Like I think it's it's one <laughs> one minus thirty there. Yeah. Um, and, but just, you just know to what you were saying, Adam. Like I I do agree that down the leaderboard, I was really impressed with a lot of play from those players. And the one that you you mentioned that I I had seen. Um, played pretty well. Charles Schwab was Joko Neiman. I, I just was so impressed by him this weekend. Uh, he he was, I think he was first in tee to green. He didn't putt as well as DJ or um, or John Rahm, but he was first in tee to green. He was third in strokes gain approach and sixth in off the tee. Um, and the kid's 21 years old. Like He's an incredible talent. Uh, the other thing I like too is he improved every single day so he is 72 71 68 67 and i love that grind through four days and that maybe maybe it's a little bit of a changing game plan or just kind of adapting to the situation i love seeing that from someone so young and there's that one i want to say it was on 17 maybe when he left one just hanging on the edge i think at that point he would have had to go birdie birdie but it was it was when it came up on playing through the break and you could see the ball hanging there and i was just like man this guy just cannot catch he ended up i think he ended up actually losing strokes putting for the week but um just didn't seem like they were falling for him throughout the round whereas uh his ball striking was was spot on right and you had a pretty good uh drafting sweat with him so do you want to well, so that was the other reason I was really hoping those ones were going to fall because, yeah, I had one. I had a, a DraftKings ticket that I was, ah, there's points today where I was still up at third, but then it, it ended up going sideways because between um, Neiman and Matsuyama falling off. I, so I did have Rom and other ones, but I didn't have him on my cleanest ticket where my, you know, my lowest ranked guy was, uh, you know, still did pretty well, but um no, unfortunately, as as the last couple holes played out, I fell out of the the. You know how these grant um, guaranteed prize pool tournaments are so heavily skewed when you get into the top ten, and then if you fall uh, out of that, yeah. the, the payouts fall off pretty quickly. So I still got I still had a positive week, but um, could have been could have been better. Do you want to run down all six golfers here? Um, I don't have them in front of me. If you you had you had Rory, Xander, Matsuyama, Corey Connors, who I mean. We can talk about. We'll get to uh, that. Neiman, Neiman, and Harmon. Harmon, who had a a really nice tournament by the end of it. Yeah, it was. I think it was Bowen Connors three putted for double on eighteen. That that was yeah. when my ticket kind of went sideways for the rest. Yeah, of the for sure. Yeah. Um, any other? So let's just look at the top ten here. Hideki. Um, I thought he was. I mean, his ball striking was rock solid. I thought there was a few times when he putt that I'm like, man, I feel like I could have hit a better putt there. He's been it's, it's routinely, I think, through the years, one of the worst putters from four feet to eight feet. And all I kept seeing in the broadcast was he's working on these different drills to kind of clean clean that up. But I, I don't know. He's, 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 you see him standing over that putt, and you're kind of getting nervous for him. I don't know if you guys feel the same way. So, But he actually he made some putts today, but I felt it was the leg putts where it looked like 
those were the ones where I thought I could hit a better putt. It made it, you know, there was still 10 feet left on some of them, I think. Historically yeah. speaking, Hideki has been one of the, you know, he's consistently in the top 10 ball strikers. He's so good. Right. And then he's over 200th in putting a lot of times. Yeah. And I mean, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out what's going on there. He's so good, T to Green. He's just so good. Um, I always pull for him. I always. Uh, there's been a few majors where he's right there, and he seems to be hitting it closer than anybody, and he just cannot yeah. buy a putt to drop. So he he was he was essentially a wash putting on the week. So this is when you get Hideki not losing strokes putting. This is what you get from him. He'll be at the top of leaderboards. It's just. Um, he just needs to make a couple more to to turn them into wins. Right. Well, I'd like to address something that came up on the pod last week. Craig asked us a question about DJ's win total, comparing him to some of the other uh, other guys to achieve that total and what age they were at when they did so and how many we thought DJ would get to. I've had a week to stew on it. You kind of surprised us with that question. I had a week to. Yeah, that wasn't in the script leading up to the show, Craig, that you didn't give us a time to prepare for that. I decided to take the under and and say he was going to get to 27. And all week, leading up to this tournament, I was thinking, that's too low. He's going to have way more (laughs) than that. He's going to. And I wasn't thinking he was going to win this week. which I was I was right about, obviously. But well, you also had him winning, I think, both of the majors this year. <laughs> yeah, that's still right. Only I did winning. have him. Yeah, but he he's just too good. He's too talented. He will be. I I think that we all were probably low. I think Adam was the highest with a thirty-four win total. I want to say thirty-two, something like that. I think we're all low. I'm going to take over thirty-four at this point. So, let me just revise that. I'm sticking with mine. I'm sticking with twenty-nine. So that take, said, I I over. was I was I mean DJ was my stock up last week and I I almost felt I mean it's hard to be more impressive than his minus thirty but I guess I I it's easier for me to see DJ running away from a field in that type of tournament I was more impressed I think from what he did this week in terms of it just looks like he for the gross majority of the tournament, just had total control over his ball striking. And Craig, you were telling us there is a, a, another athlete you'd like to compare him to? Oh, so yeah, the other thing Adam had brought up last week was was he compared uh, DJ to Mike Vick, to just Michael in terms Vick of... Mike Vick experience, yeah. The Mike Vick experience. So I, you know, like Kevin, this, this was out of the blue, so I was thinking about it afterwards, and the one who is clearly the the dj comparison for me is aaron Rodgers because both of them people talk about them where they're the most talented in the game um they both i mean call a major the the equivalent of winning the super bowl they both have won but people feel like they should have gotten more than they they have gotten uh they both make the game look easy because of how technically and athletically sound they are um, they both have social lives that everyone loves to talk about it just seems it just <laughs> seems clear to me that um, we just need to find out is dj does he endorse any uh, insurance companies is he doing a discount double check or what? <laughs> double check well the one thing the what mike vick came to mind because dj does he does the amazing which in golf you don't see often where he just kind of 
blows everyone. He just seems so much better than everyone else. And I actually like that comparison too, because you think of the Aaron Rodgers Hail Marys over the years where there's no way that should be pulled off. And DJ kind of pulls off these 11 stroke wins, which there's no way that should happen. I mean, this is over the course of four days rather than one throw or two throws, but still they do those amazing things that make them just spectacular athletes. So let's take a look at who we had picked going into this week. I believe we had the winner picked. Was it my pick? <laughs> oh, no, it was Adam. Adam, congratulations. Yeah, before, thanks, guys. I know I have, that, I have that crystal ball over here. It wasn't exactly long odds, but Rom was my guy. I was comparing it. This felt like a major test the whole time. We only had one major coming in. I felt like the other comparison was Memorial, which felt like another major this year. Rom kind of did his thing there. I liked Rom. Rom came back after a very disappointing Thursday to uh, take it, take it home for me. Congratulations, Adam. I think that that's, uh, you know, it's, it's good after Craig faded the winner last week that we, we have a, <laughs> you know, a, a legit winner pick and, and, you know, it's almost as impressive as me landing the accurately, the top Canadian pick in Mackenzie Hughes. I just like to point that one out. I wrote him for the second straight week. Love seeing that. Um, my boy JT couldn't get it done, but as we were talking about, I think that, uh, he's going to want to prove that he's one of those top dogs too. And I wouldn't be surprised to see him make some noise next week at the tour championship. For sure. Craig, you had Bryson. Yeah. Bryson. Wasn't his week. I, I'm, yeah, we'll get into Bryson a little bit later too, but I, I thought it, I thought the off the tee, uh, play was going to come a lot more. Uh, be a lot more relevant this week and you know maybe it was just a matter of the rough being more more uh, punishing than they had anticipated but it seemed to me that uh, people had to keep it in the fairway or else or else you're you're finding ways to make big numbers yeah I agree I don't think it mattered as much how far you were up and you know how far up on the hole you were if you're in the rough you're in trouble and mm-hmm. uh, I typically uh, Bryson's actually been fairly accurate but uh, I, I don't really know. I didn't follow too much of what Bryson was doing once he fell down the leaderboard there. Um, I didn't get a chance to watch too much on, on Thursday and Friday. So I uh, didn't have a chance to follow that. Craig, why don't we jump into your good, bad, and ugly? So, yeah, and I, I feel like this is a jumping into this this week. This guy's going to come up for a few of us as as we go forward here. But M- Mackenzie Hughes is the good this week. Um I mean, I, I think everyone probably saw on the broadcast there him him making his his putt there to get into the top thirty and get into the the tour championship next week. But what I thought was the most impressive uh, on the tee on eighteen, he had just made a bogey on seventeen. He has to make a par on eighteen to get in. He hit a three hundred forty eight yard bomb over the you know, carrying it over that tree on the left, over that bunker that basically, if you get in that bunker, you're almost not making par. Um, so like that, that's impressive for anyone. But Mackenzie Hughes is 85th in driving distance. He averages 298 off wow. the tee. He is 173rd in strokes gained off the tee. Like he is not, he is he wow. is a good golfer, but he is not one of these guys that you're typically thinking is overpowering a golf course and anything like that. So that drive to me was, that was big boy stuff. Um, so that's the good. Uh, the bad, just in, 
in its totality was Adam Scott's final round. She shot 75 today. He ended up missing. Uh, it, it, it ended up being less dramatic as he got down to 18 uh, because of how much he ended up missing the the uh, top 30 by. But, I mean, Adam Scott, yeah. usually we know him as a ball striker, and he was not doing a good job ball striking all week, but he was making up for it with his putting until right. today, and then his putting blew up too, and he just, um, he just spiraled there on the back so line. He, he was... T3 going into Sunday, and I think he had, by the projected FedEx Cup standings, a spot in the top 30 if he kind of held that position, right? Yeah, I, I don't know. So he was one over on the front and then four over on the back. But oh. I don't know. I don't know at that point when he was one over where he was at that point. I just know that he needed to go out there and, and he could have played his way in. That's uh, a tough day. Yeah. Yeah, I, fortunately, I think Adam Scott is one of these guys that is going to be happy to look at the majors as, uh, you know, there's someone like Mackenzie Hughes getting into the top 30 changes his life. So For sure. So Adam Scott, it's really, it, it'd be sweet for him to play next week, but it's not a huge difference either way, I don't think. Um, last one, the ugly, this is so unfortunate, Corey Connors. Um, we alluded to it before, but he had just a miserable, miserable week putting. Um he had a three putt from five feet on 18. Uh, they they were talking about it on the broadcast. I think like that knocked him out of, but at, out of the the top 30. But right. it didn't yeah. at that point. But I, um, I I heard that. Yeah, but I I don't think that's right because he was well out. He, he was he out was at that point. Fifty something. Yeah. So he wasn't. Yeah. It, I think but what it did that, is not. It it allowed uh, Horschel. Horschel to get in. was ahead at that point. But yeah. Right. Anyways, regardless, so Connors Connors dropped eight strokes putting this week to to the field. Oh. Um, he had a four putt double bogey on Thursday, um, and the thing that breaks my heart, and this is this the ugly sort of is always, it's the things that are bad while other things are so good, you know. So last week Adam took issue with with I had Cam Davis, but it's because yeah. it was looking good and then it it didn't get right, there. So like right. Corey Connors this week was fourth in the field in T to Green. The only people ahead of him were DJ Hideki and Neiman. And so I mean that's that's so elite that you want to see that be enough to get you into the top five and into the tournament next week. But just the putting just yeah, give him no chance. Yeah, I saw that three putt on 18, and it just made me sick to my stomach. I mean, as average, as an average golfer at best, I've done that so many times. But to see a pro on 18 and they have an outside shot to kind of get back to the Tour Championship, I think he was there in 2019. And he, he, it just like it's that power lip out where it goes down and then it just slingshots out of there. And oh, it just, I mean, my stomach just clenches feeling for Well, the, the other thing too is that even though, I mean, you know, a par versus a double there is likely not the difference for him getting into the tour championship. But every one of those strokes costs him thousands of dollars. Like that's just it's just yeah. heartbreaking, you know. Um, anyways, yeah, tough to see that happen to that good Canadian boy. But for that's sure. the good and the bad and the ugly this week. Adam, how about your three stars for this week? Three stars for this week. Third star is Erasmus Hoygaard, who, who won. Yeah. <laughs> 19-year-old winner of the UK Championship this morning. It's his second win of the season. His first was in 20 or 2019 December, so it was kind of the wraparound season. 
in the UK swing, his last four tournaments, he's gone two, three, six, and one, winning this week. He birdied 14, 16, and eagled 17 to get into a playoff and then ultimately won. He's going to be playing in the U.S. Open in a couple of weeks. His driving average for the season on the European Tour, you guys will like this, 325 yards. This this kid, I mean, he's 19. Unbelievable talent. Sorry, where is he from? He's uh, no. Danish. Danish, oh, okay. So, I mean, incredible performance. His form is unbelievable right now. I mean, these these are str- like pretty strong fields in the European Tour right now. And he's, I mean, two, three, six, and one. That's amazing. So he's my third I, I star. Didn't have a chance to watch any of that. I was, I was watching the F1 race this morning, not going to lie. <laughs> I just think when you, he's coming out, I, he's invited, I mean, he earned a spot to the U.S. Open. If he comes out for the U.S. Open, I don't know, maybe he's a 6,000 kind of play on DraftKings. He just want to flag for some GBPs and see maybe his game translates to Wingfoot and... Maybe he can kind of crack a major early. I mean, we saw Morikawa do that. So, so yeah, in the past year, this guy has moved up from 546th in the world to he's now after this win today, 63 in the world. Yeah. So the, and that would be, I mean, the world rankings, the world rankings, people will will take issue with them, but that's ahead of some serious names when once you're getting up to 63rd. Oh, absolutely. He's. He's an he's a talent to kind of flag and to watch for. I mean, for the next little while for sure, and, and be early on him. I think. I mean, it's hard. He's got two wins already. It's hard to be early, but he's only nineteen. He's got a. He's nineteen. Future. You could wait a little bit and still be early on him. <laughs> yeah, exactly. My second star of the night is Mackenzie Hughes. Uh, just a really gutsy performance coming in. I don't think he had his best Sunday. I think he alluded to the fact that he had a, a sore neck when he woke up this morning and he kind of battled that all day. Uh, he got into the top 30. Have yourself a night, McKenzie. Throw in some Markells, another good Hamilton uh, product. You made the top 30. <laughs> I don't know how many people are going to get that reference, but I love it. <laughs> the Markells, man. I, if, if he doesn't listen, I, I tried to find his kind of record collection, but I couldn't. I, I'm sure he's an Markells fan. He likes to listen to Max and the gang, and he'll... <laughs> He'll throw that it on. We're talking about putts that make you money, that putt of his on 18 that kind of just dripped to the left. The Even if he gets 30th next week at the Tour Championship, he's taking home 400K. So one of the things I loved about that, um, there's some things I didn't love about that, like the coverage before he got to the 18th there was oh, nothing was, else happening I on the course and i was screaming for some mckenzie Hughes i'm like coverage. i i'm watching this i know that he's uh, potentially trying to save par or make a bogey on 17 like this is the one dramatic thing you could be showing yeah. right now and you're showing me adam scott who's already out of the tournament like or cutting to another stupid commercial like it just was ridiculous um but then i just loved once they were on the 18th and they had that putt how much like the body language of him and his caddy sweating over that read, that's when you know how important it is. Well, and we talk, like, we always like to highlight guys that aren't in the majors every year, aren't in the WGCs, and they break, they have these breakthroughs. So he gets all the invites for next year. He's, I mean, he's, he's this kind of guy who plays a major, a couple majors in 2017 after a win. He misses some the next year. You know, he kind of spots, he's kind of that spot guy who you'll see pop up in the players or WGC here and there. But this just kind of it—it's a career changer for him. Also expecting his second baby, so 
Mackenzie, what a performance. Um, and just the last thing on that, did you guys both think he had his he was lining it up wrong? Yes. I, I thought he was right. I thought he I thought he, totally I thought he was, he was too far right. out right. I was like, don't aim that don't <laughs> don't put it that far out right. I was losing my mind. I also had him, I, I had waited on him pre-tournament to finish, finish top ten. So we both had a lot on the line. Me and okay. Hughes. <laughs> and that, that was to stay in the top ten. That was to stay in the top ten. <laughs> I love even though when that putt was three inches away from the hole, I'm like, oh god, it's not oh. gonna, it's not gonna do it. And then it just caught it, and it was almost like you could see the 800 pound gorilla just getting off of his back, and he's yeah. like, oh. I was a little thing- surprised, and I don't know if his shot into the green was aggressive or if that was just a, a push. Like, I mean, he, he ended he up in the green the side. Bump. Oh, okay. But I mean, he yeah. he said in the, his post round interview, he said, you know, that he he knew his situation going into eighteen. He's like, I was feeling it. You know, just look at that second shot. It it was not yeah. well executed. We missed. But that's him. what I mean. Like I, it, it almost looked like he was trying to take an aggressive line. But for the type of player he is, like knock that on the green. He's a great putter. Just to get your good leg putt up there. But no, he got it down out of the sand. And yeah. Anyway, so sorry, that, Adam. Let's that move brings on. us to. Yeah, yeah. Hey, I can talk about Mackenzie Hughes all night. The first star for me is John Rahm. Uh, I mean, he battled, what a battle this week to improve every single day, then go 66, 64 on the weekend. He wants that world number one badly. His, his celebration, I mean, just talking about it gives me goosebumps how excited he was to roll that putt in on the, on the playoff. It's just, it's one of those golf moments I think will go down for a long time. It he's he's winning right now. He has a couple big wins this year. He's going to continue to win. I think this is just a a huge confidence boost. And I also love with his penalty on Saturday and DJ making the putt on 18, his composure through both those things and for him to kind of bounce back and just exclamation point, take home the win. Yeah, it. It surprises me that he's only 25 just because of how he carries himself and how like, I mean, all the golf is one of these things where you don't have it every week, but when he has it, it just seems to be like his game is so rock solid and so mature. Like a lot of these guys, especially young guys, they're great ball strikers and you know, maybe they're good putters or, right. or whatever, but like rarely are they so rock solid across the board. That's one of the reasons I think JT is, um, you know, so in no some real ways. weaknesses. Yeah, no real weaknesses. But and, and JT is still fine tuning that. Is and what is JT twenty seven, twenty eight now? He's some like somewhere close to there. So he's got a few years on on Rom, and he's you know he's been working hard on all aspects of his game over the last couple of years, and I think he's kind of it's it's starting. You're starting to see the fruits of that of that work now but like you say rom is there younger and he's thick you just know that's good yeah it's like <laughs> he's, yeah. he's so he's so powerful yeah they mentioned uh, at one point in the broadcast they were like yeah he's got like a a lower body like jack nicholas back in his day it's like yeah, they're just trying to say he's thick <laughs> <laughs> so yeah that's my three stars kevin what's your uh, golf insight from around the go- from around the world well, much like you guys, you're not gonna you're not gonna get past me without me talking about Mackenzie Hughes here. It kind of changed after that dramatic finish, but for me, all day I was I was keeping track of Mackenzie, not just because I had that top ten bet, but because I wanted to see him get into the Tour Championship there. And he was playing so rock solid. 
the last couple rounds, he's not a, a high volume birdie, high, you know, a lot of bogey guy. He was just kind of slow and steady, gave himself a lot of pretty reasonable looks at birdie today. And he wasn't make, rolling a lot of them in. And I was getting nervous because, you know, those holes coming down the stretch are, are tough ones. Uh, easy to drop a few shots there. Yeah. But, and he had a little cushion and he, that cushion disappeared after a sloppy. He, I think he had a, a I couldn't even, they, it wasn't on the coverage, but he was so far left on 17 from, uh, according to the app, it, it said to the unknown. And then it yeah. took a while for it to update. I was trying to find what he was doing. Um, but just so, it was just so clutch to see him make that putt. I was so happy for him. Yeah. And it got me thinking. Mackenzie Hughes, you know, as, as Canadians, we've kind of, we, we follow our Canadian golfers and, and sort of keep track of them. And, um, I've, I've seen him around for, you know, I remember when he won and I, I kind of, he, he makes his way onto leaderboards every now and again, but at the same time in the past, you're not shocked to see him miss the cut or anything like that. Right. So he kind of popped back up on the radar this, this year in a big way at the travelers where, where DJ won. And if you remember that there's the rain delay where, you know, they just had a few holes left and Mackenzie Hughes came out and he birdied his last two holes by making a combined like over 90 feet of putts. Like he dropped wow. a bomb on 17 and a bomb on 18. And he went from a, a, I think it was fifth place or a tie for fifth. And he jumped two spots into a tie for third. And at the time, you know, people were talking, those two putts made him like $211,000 or something, yeah. which, you know, it's like 300,000 Canadian for one thing. <laughs> yeah. But it also that I was looking it up today that from going from 5th to 3rd and I don't know how it works with when you tie for a, a position but going right. from 5th to 3rd is 80 FedEx Cup points. So that's points would have been the difference. So wow. that was the difference. Those putts like for these guys every single one of those putts counts. Every single place you can move up all during yeah. the season, every shot counts because every point matters. And you see it a lot of the time at the at the bottom end of the scale in a typical year, you know, 125 to 126, that is the cutoff. Mm -hmm. And it, mm -hmm. it can be heartbreaking when those guys think about what that shot could have been at any point in the year. But for Mackenzie Hughes, dropping those bombs today, just holding it together when he, he wasn't feeling his best to make those, those clutch pots down the stretch like he I, I don't think i saw him every time i was updating my app it seemed like he had a four or five footer for par and i didn't see much of them on the broadcast but he was obviously knocking <laughs> them in and yeah i was i was pumped i was i was fist pumping i loved his post-round interview i loved him at the end making sure he gave a shout out to his wife and his kid at home and um like you say good canadian boy i think we were all we were all probably smiling i was I was grabbing my wife, bringing her over uh, to, the, <laughs> to, to check out what he was, what he was saying. And anyways, well, couldn't, couldn't be happier for the guy. Just one I last thing on. Sorry. I was just going to say, I love that insight, Kevin, because they call it the season long race to the FedEx cup. But so often we don't get those backstories of how those huge moments really kind of got them to where they are. And if that didn't happen, two weeks ago, four weeks ago, four months ago, they wouldn't be in that position to have that putt to, to crack the top 30. I love that insight. Yeah. And so just, I, to, I, just to, no, I'm going to flesh this out a bit more because so in February, Mackenzie Hughes had made 11 starts on the season. He played through the, through the fall. Um, he had missed nine cuts and made two cuts. 
he was yeah. ranked 217th in the FedEx Cup rankings. Then he got a second at the Honda Classic, jumped up another, to six. Another tough setup, by the way. And then and then he made that big third. So after after the Honda, and then he made the third at the Travelers. He's up to forty sixth, and and then he's he hasn't missed a cut since Charles Schwab. So it's just like he is someone who you, you don't don't count out count out after the first half of the season because he was that's the type of thing that he's going to lose his card if he you know that's he was not in a good spot in February and now he is guaranteed. Uh, priority status for a while and and all of the other exemptions that come along with top 30 whether it's pension or like there's so many things that you get out of this yeah i think as canadians we always we always think of ourselves kind of as uh we like the underdog story and yeah there's nothing like a grind a guy grinding like that to get in you, you gotta love it you gotta love it you see all I mean, these guys with the private jet companies on their shoulders, and he's got he's got booster juice. Booster juice and, his the, and the score. I love it. And the score. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm gonna save my my next insight for after we do our stock up, stock down, because our stock up, stock down is based on this this tournament this week. So Craig, tell us who you got moving up, who you got moving down. So the one moving up for me, and this is a this is a bit of a longer one because. Um, a lot of people might not even know who he is, but Sebastian Munoz had a had finished eighth today. He was tied for 18th last week, um, and he's another one of these guys who who is more of a down the down the ticket. Uh, he's he's not a big name, I guess is what I'm saying. Yeah. He he had a win in the fall season, and he really hadn't been doing much. Um, for quite a while now and so i thought he might be one of these people that come you know he has points from his win earlier in the year but come playoff season he's going to be pretty irrelevant um but he was tied for 18th in a really good field last week he was the one who started out i want to say seven or eight under in his first eight holes um last week uh, at tpc boston and so right. he played well in that situation he ended up uh, eighth this week it was his first top 10 since November. So uh, his stock had been falling quite down for a while uh, coming into it these last couple of weeks. And so he, I think he's definitely someone to take note of. And um, it's a big top 10 for him. Yeah, Craig, I just want to interject there because he's been popping on the model quite a bit uh, for us the last couple of weeks. And as kind of one of the best values from DraftKings. So after Thursday, he had a good round. And I, I saw he is out there on the betting market for 201 as a winner with an each way bet. So I just kind of, eh, why don't I throw, throw some change, throw some pocket change in there. And then he kind of, he kept kind of creeping up and improving. And I was kind of having that feeling where I didn't want to text you guys and jinx it. And I hope to sneak into a top four and get my each way back. But still a great performance, even though he didn't bring that back for me so yeah. are you guys the same as me do you when you make a bet are you already like counting the counting the money you're gonna make because it's such a sure thing <laughs> i'm already spending the money <laughs> <laughs> all right who do you got going down this week craig uh going down for me is bryson my pick to win i just i think that there's been so much hype around bryson and i think in large part because right after the return you know he had four or five straight uh top tens and and or sorry, he had four straight top tens and a win uh, right. at the Rocket Mortgage, and 
so I think everyone was very quick to talk about how this physical, you know, totally changing his physicality and putting on the weight and uh, trying to swing as hard as he can at driver. Uh, everyone was quick to accept that this had worked. And I think we're seeing some of the downside of it now. The big thing that I was hearing is that it's it's hard for these guys when they swing so hard to then have the, you know, the the soft hand, slower wedge swing, to have the touch, to have that distance control. And it's totally showing up for him now. Right. He he was before this year, he was a positive player on approach. And in in the last few weeks, he's been losing significant amounts of strokes both on approach and around the green like this this week he was dropping two strokes around um around the green and with his approach shot so i think i think that i mean it's not like i i think bryson is you know his stock is down from what a, a pretty high spot but i think everyone needs to like take some time to to really think about whether this is working or not before just being excited because he's trying to hit it as hard as he can and 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 thinking that's the story. Everyone needs a little bit of a brace and cooling off period is what you're saying. Exactly. Yeah. It wasn't, it, it wasn't impossible. It was an impossible story to avoid um, early on in the, in the return, just because of how well he was performing. But I think you're totally right. Even just to, you know, he's put on so much weight onto his frame. Like it's gotta be exhausting. He's played a lot of tournaments too, you know, um, maybe it's well, catching I, up with them a little bit. And I think there could be some, you know, if he is going to swing that hard, maybe he felt like he feels like he needs that weight in order to avoid injury um, because of putting that much torque on or or whatever his, his rationale is. But uh, I just, I think people are too quick to think that because his off the tee numbers are improving, that it's it's a net positive you know if if those are improving but he's losing in other places because of right. this refocus then it's not necessarily going to work in the long run yeah i i agree and it, it, like you said it's not going from uh a very low stock and dropping further like he's still a great player but he just needs kind of to check and kind of clean up his game a little bit i agree so um, who do you have moving up and who do you have moving down so moving up, I have Tony Finau stock up four top tens in his last six tournaments. And I would say three of those are the toughest tournaments we've seen. I mean, since the restart, we have Memorial, PGA, and the BMW this week. I think he was, I mean, he had a brilliant final round where he went who had on a great birdie streak uh, coming into the clubhouse. I just think a big win is looming. I don't know if it's the tour championship one of these next majors coming up. I think something big is coming for Tony Finau. He's just, he, he does, he hasn't got that win yet, but he's been playing very, very, very solid. I agree. I'm a, I'm a Tony Finau fan and I think it's on there. It's coming. It's he, yeah. he's, it's just, it's just the math. He puts himself in that position so often he's, it's going to pay off here pretty quick. And I think once it does, I feel like, it could be a situation where the floodgates open a little bit for him. But we'll see. We have what do we have six majors left in the next 365 days in the kind of the next one year from now. I wouldn't be surprised if he took one of those home. He certainly has the game for it. Okay, so who do you have moving down then, Adam? Stock down is 
my boy, Sung J M, and I was, guy, I was shocked to see this. I, can't I know. Believe it. I'm on him every single week. I want to be early on him. I want to be early on him. His game's turning around. He plays every week, and he gets more comfortable every week. But I, I'm just fooling. My, I've realized I'm just fooling myself at this point. So going into the restart, he had a win at the Honda Classic and a third. And then we had the players, and then everything, our, everyone's life changed. He came. He comes back in eleven events. He's only had two top tens, and I think it's a tenth and a ninth. So it's not like he's way up there. And that ninth was a pretty weak one because that was the Wyndham when most of the guys were not playing. They're taking a rest before the playoffs, exactly. So I, I've wanted to be there. He's still there because of his performance early on the season, but right now I just am not seeing anything to have any confidence to back Sanjay. Yeah, and I mean Sanjay's twenty-two years old. It's not like it's not like it's a long-term stock down, but it's just it, it doesn't look like he's in good form. Is is what I think. Yeah, I mean we're not uh, filing for divorce. We're just on a break. Him and I. We're, we're Ross and Rachel right now. We're on a break. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. I, you know what? I'm one of those guys. I like to ride for Sunjay too, and and I've been off him. I haven't I've been stuck with him as long as you have, but. I've been off him for a little while. He just doesn't seem to have it right now for whatever reason that is. He, he's not, I haven't seen him enough on coverage to really know what's going on there, but it, exactly. he's, you know, he's not on coverage for a reason right now. Exactly. So, he is um, still going to be in a pretty nice position going into next week because of how much he had accumulated early on though. Like I want to say he's, he's around he's, he's ninth. He's, he's ninth, ninth starting minus four. Um. So like he's in a good spot. So I hope he can, figure out what's going wrong so my stock up for this week is Hideki Matsuyama he uh I feel like he's kind of been off the radar lately like correct me if I'm wrong but I haven't I don't remember Hideki popping up anywhere lately um we talked about how solid you clearly haven't been looking at our model because the model (laughs) loves him (laughs) the model loves guys who uh are not great putters. <laughs> uh, you know, I <laughs> I do look at the model, but you know, I'm a gut guy. I gotta stick with my gut. But you know, my gut's starting to turn toward Hideki here. He, like like we've talked about, brilliant ball striker. Can't buy a putt. It's been his story for so long. I thought he putted. You know, like Craig was saying, he was leaving himself some testers, but he made some pretty clutch par putts today. I was I was pretty impressed that he hung in there like he did. Um, he is a guy that, that will go out and can make birdies, you know. He right. is a little more volatile than, you know, like we are talking about steady uh, Mackenzie Hughes, whereas Hideki, he can be up and down. Um, but, he, you know, he jumped eight spots this week, which I think kind of puts you in a legitimate position. I guess it only gets you two shots. You know, it, it puts him at minus four instead of minus two going into next week. Um, but I, it's right around where he... He ended up last year. I think he was minus four, minus five going into the uh, five or six shots back going into the Tour Championship. Um, he is one of those guys that could, you know, get off to a hot start and get himself up toward the For leaders. Sure. So, yeah. um, you know, he's obviously showing his games in, in decent form. He's, like we talked about, he's working on that putting. So mm-hmm. if that ever catches up with the rest of his game, you know, watch out. Um, but I was I was impressed with Hideki this week for sure so what's well, also um, it's nice it's nice to see with Hideki just because he has been playing 
good for like he missed the cut at memorial but other than that he has five so three straight top 30s the missed cut and then two others um so he he has been playing good in all these tournaments but he hasn't been getting through to like that very good into the top 10 type of range so it's nice to see that next step and and see whether he is taking that next step as we move into these bigger tournaments yeah yeah, Here's a quick exactly. pop, pop quiz on uh, Hideki while we're talking about him. How old is how old is he, guys? Without looking, twenty six. Oh wow, you got! I thought he was older than he is. He's twenty eight. He just—I no. feel like he's been around. He's been at such a high level for a while. I thought he was kind of thirty or creeping up into the kind of that prime spot of but he's still young i mean yeah i just remember only... that he was really young yeah he... me too <laughs> I, I i remember thinking i he's younger than i think he is because i agree it feels like he's been around forever right but yeah so what do you say he's 28 he's 28 been competing on the pga tour since 2013 so so and that's i mean i think they talk about you know the mid-30s but i really think it's 25 to 35 ish that is these players prime where they have they they should have been around enough to to have everything figured out from managing how how to approach a tournament in a game and the game and everything but they're still in their physical peak i think they once you're past 35 like dj's into the i don't have the same physicality but i'm savvier than i was when i was 25 Um, see i i I think i kind of disagree with you i i think that dj is showing that i you know yeah, he might be having some back issues and stuff. And these guys tend to get back issues or, or, or different things that bug them over the later stages of their career, but as they as they get older. And um but I think that, that that savviness is is worth more than you're giving it credit for. I think that you learn they they still people are able to be physical enough still into their forties, I think, to to keep playing at that level they need to, but they're they're so much smarter, they're so much more mature that they they do win more when they when they get older. That's why I'm that's why I'm saying DJ is going to be get older. Sounds like someone's just trying to justify why Tiger's still relevant. (laughs) (laughs) No, unfortunately, unfortunately, Tiger, I think is is I think physically he's uh, he's not in a great place. And I unfortunately for Tiger too, his short putting seems to seems to be bothering him, which is scary. No, but I I do agree. I I think that the ones who do a good job of of the, you know, I I feel like basketball is the one I think of the most with this. It's like the ones who do a good job and like creating plays and setting people up and like become a better shooter as they're late in their career. um, They might be as effective later in their career than they were when they were much more athletic. Um, Well, I think we hear every weekend from the announcers that, the guys are so much better coming out of college or coming in their first couple of years of pro where it's kind of like you come on the tour, you learn and learn and learn. And you, maybe you'll get a win in your fourth year or your fifth year, but people come out and they win right away. And that's just that's kind of a new age type thing where they've been playing golf since they could hold a club and they're so good and they're so well coached and everything's right there. At, I mean, like you, we're looking at Neiman this weekend at such a young age. And so I wonder I guess, how much of that of is it. also a factor of they're playing junior amateur nationwide competitively. Like, I wonder how much they've been already in a high level competitive scene for 10 years when they're 22 years old, you know? Right. Um, but yeah. so, 
I, I think part of it too is just how much better athletes these guys are. And I think you'll see them being able to play longer in their careers at a high level just because they're they're going to stay physically more able to. Completely um, so agree. let's let's move along here. My stock down this week um, is Adam Scott. I I've always been an Adam Scott fan, but you, you know you need to do what it takes to make it into the Tour Championship. If you're in that position, you need to be able yep. to. At his point of his career, we're just talking about he should be mature enough, he should be savvy enough that he can he can find a way to get it done. And he just wasn't able to, and it it was disappointing. I'm still an Adam Scott fan. I still like you say. I think it's not a big deal for him. Um, to not make the tour championship this year. I think he's, he's playing for the majors as much as anybody out there right now. Um, I'm not, not worried about him long-term, but, uh, yeah, he, he's, it was a, a bit of a sorry performance for him today. I think I the think. big thing with him is that he's got to figure out his ball striking because if he was carrying himself with his putting for part of this tournament, um, he, he, if he wants to be competitive at a gas stand at the U.S. Open, his ball striking needs to be in good shape. I think the other thing I think with this season, the way it played out, a lot of the uh, you know blue chip players like an Adam Scott that don't play through the fall season, and then you know didn't he didn't come back early on after the the COVID break, and so. Yeah normally he would have another 10 tournaments say where he'd be racking up points so he doesn't have to sweat so much on the 70 to 30 cut down day but uh, i think those those types are the ones and like tiger like in a normal season tiger is going to be in a much different situation because he would have played his his playing uh, his starts would have been different through the summer um, and maybe i don't know if we want to just touch real quick on tiger Oh well, we can always talk about Tiger. You guys. I mean, that. I mean, essentially, there's not much to say. He's 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 out. He's he um, never really was close to to making it. He had to, I think, top four here or something, um, and was never really close to being in shape to doing so. No, there's not too much to say about Tiger. I I was texting you guys earlier this week. The thing that scares me about Tiger is he doesn't seem to have confidence on those inside ten foot putts. Um, and I think that when you when you're not confident from inside 10 feet and, you know, in, especially inside five feet, it puts so much pressure on the rest of your game because you think you have to be that much more precise on every aspect. You think you have to hit the fairway because you need to hit a good shot in close to have a chance to make a birdie as opposed to knowing you can pick up some shots with a long putt. And if you if you don't make it, you know, and you even to be able to take a run at a long putt because you know you can make the comebacker. Right, and when you yeah. lose that confidence to make the comebacker, and you're just trying to cozy it up there, it it changes the game. When you're trying to, when you're, when you're worried too much on a chip that you got to get it tight, otherwise you're not going to make your par putt. That it it just the it makes you tighter. You know, it doesn't free you up to make the chip or to, to have a looser swing at the ball. Um, yeah. And I think that I know that for me personally, not quite at tires level, but. When really? I was playing, yeah, really, it's true. Wow. But when I was playing my best golf, I know that it's because I had confidence that I could, I could potentially make a five or six footer for par, and and uh, I obviously don't have that anymore. <laughs> Anything outside of a gimme is no longer. The no one thing longer... I would say for Tiger: go back home, rest up your body, go on your indoor putting simulator, go on your outdoor greens, figure it out. You'll figure it out. You'll come back. Worry about those six majors. One of the things they're saying, though, is that he, because of how much discomfort it gives him, he's not able to actually spend as much time 
practicing putting because of his back, yeah. which uh, I mean, that becomes an issue. But uh, I mean, I, I have a bit of a different opinion on the Tiger situation. I think it's going to be hard for him to win at these type of courses because of like physical limitations are now a thing for him. So when we have these really long courses with really long rough, I think he can't just try to do the same thing the younger kids are doing and, and he's going to be able to muscle those out of the rough when he has to, and then think he's going to be able to get up there and comfortably hit putts still. Uh, But I don't think, think, I don't think he, he hasn't worried about that in a while. You know, he's shown that he's more than happy to lay back and hit a long iron where these guys are hitting, these guys are hitting driver and, and short iron in. He'll, he'll hit, he'll won't take driver off the tee and be satisfied to have a longer iron in there because his long irons can be that good. Um, but, and I think that's what he needs to do. I don't think, I think there was a lot of times he didn't do that this week where he was still trying to take the, the more of the, uh, I mean, maybe it's because he feels like the way he's going to win is to get the driver in the fairway uh, and doesn't want to be, you know, short and crooked as well on those specific holes. But I, I felt like there were times that he could have hit, uh, you know, a, a three wood and, and kept it in play or kept it out of the deep rough a bit. Uh, but yeah, that's probably enough tire talk. It's, it was a little depressing. Um, <laughs> do we want to touch on the tour championship now then? Yeah. I mean, maybe the one thing I want to, I want to do is address. So there are a few key players going into the tour championship. Like I think Rory and JT and, and Morikawa, like what do you, what did you see from these other top guys this week that makes you think they will or will not uh, be competitive next week? Did Webb Simpson pull the best move of all and decide to skip this weekend? Did he I go to a practice st- round? Like, did he go there and see what this course was going to look like? And was like, okay, I'm out of here. Guys, this is super tough. I don't think you're going to break par. I'm I'm out of here. I'm going to Georgia. I'm going to Georgia a little bit this. early. Uh, yeah, I don't know where that withdrawal came from. He was talking about rest and he comes into the Tour Championship fourth. He's in as good a position as anyone. I mean, he's been playing so well. I think that's very... I'm sorry, he dropped a single? He was third before. I think he dropped one. I think that's right. I think uh, Rom ended up moving, uh, jumping over uh-huh. him and JT. So I think that's a very interesting strategy, which I don't know if we've seen in recent history, especially with the new format of the kind of the starting strokes. Uh, he's, I mean, he's four back. He can. Was there any reason given for his withdrawal? Just rest. rest. But the thing that surprises me is like, why do you play in the Wyndham and then sit out this tournament? Could be his a kid's thing. name is Wyndham. I think on, I, man. Like, he has, it's one of his starts. It's like yeah. one of his starts that he always makes, and he plays well at that course, typically. Um, so yeah. it, it's just you know how these guys are. Um, no, but I we don't have much to go on for Webb for next week. But so Rory, I thought. It was the best we've seen from Rory in a while. It was a little bit uh, not as exciting as it could have been on the weekend, but he had himself in, in position for once. So it was interesting to hear about Rory. Rory and his wife are expecting their first kid. And, and Matt, we pump the brakes here, though. They said that he's expecting the delivery of the baby any time. So do we? Does no one seen his wife in the last nine months? Like I guess not. How is I this? mean, it, it, it's it's like it's COVID times. You know? <laughs> know, Maybe but... they haven't been. They haven't been out, and it's the only time you can really think of where they could potentially keep something like that under wraps, and that's the only way I figure it could happen. 
Oh, sorry. Uh, this was a total unknown until. Yeah, as far as I, I that's, know. That's how I took it. I don't think anybody knew. Oh, and, and it crazy. wasn't like, oh, they're expecting. It's like, oh, it, any day now, they're like, he's expecting to call at any point. And, and he says he's kind of, you know, last week he talked about how he's kind of going through the motions in these tournaments. It makes a lot more sense. Now. That makes so much Absolutely. more sense to me. And it makes me feel better about my Andrew Luck comparison because that was the same point where he stopped playing football was when they were expecting their first kid and his priorities changed. And I mean, football is different because you can sacrifice your rest of your quality of life for that, whereas golf is a little bit easier on your body. But You know, it's interesting too because we talked about last week how we don't always, we assume these guys are 100% physically and we don't know how much that, that comes into effect. Same thing from a personal perspective, right? Like you kind of assume these guys are mentally invested in the tournament they're in, but they all have things going on in their lives. And um, sometimes those things can be motivating to their performance. But sometimes, you know, with something like a, a kid on the way, you're thinking about your life in a whole different way at that point. And you've had a lot of success playing golf. It's probably not the most important thing on your mind, especially this when is- it's not like, financially it doesn't really matter for and this is going to work like you have bad days at work when you're just not it like you're not there mentally you've got other things going on you know it's we think about this as a sport but it also is their grind yeah that's right it kind of makes me like rory more to be honest i didn't need many reasons to like more as as a father i'm like it it makes me you know it humanizes it, it totally does it totally does few of the other top 10 guys uh, from what, with what we saw from them. I was actually impressed with Morikawa. I thought uh, he had a bad he had a bad day on Thursday and I thought he might just kind of fade away, but uh, he did a decent job of I mean he was two under today. I, I you know I like JT and Berger are both guys I'm fans of. Um, I wouldn't be surprised to see either of those guys make a run. Berger's been playing so well. He, I think he had it going today a little bit, if I'm not mistaken, and he he dropped a few at the end, but um, he was moving up the le- the leaderboard early on in the day, you know, and at minus four, six shots back, seventy two holes, six shots isn't isn't too much by any stretch. I wouldn't be surprised to see him play well. Like I say, JT, I think he's going to want to assert himself a little bit. It, um, I was happy to see a sixty eight from him today, just because. I mean, he wasn't in the tournament. He wasn't going to be in the tournament. But just to get some good feeling back, both for next week, but also, I mean, this is the type of course they're going to see in a couple of weeks at the U.S. Open. So, so what else do we have on the line next week? Then there's a. I know Adam, you were talking about a Rookie of the Year debate between yeah, I mean, Hovland got, and Scheffler. Scotty Scheffler, and I think Scotty Scheffler would be kind of the front runner right now. So I guess the question is, what is Hovland? Hovland was so explosive kind of coming out i feel like and he's really kind of fallen off a little bit he's still playing i mean so i was looking at him today and he also was really explosive and and was putting up really good results right after the restart but then has since i want to say the pga or the memorial he's really just not kept that up so his first five starts after the restart were all top 25s and he had a he had a third at the workday, and then he hasn't like a, at eighteenth last week is his highest finish since. And so yeah, I think when we see these courses, these major type courses where we have these rock hard greens, it's harder to stay on the green. So a lot of guys are going to go up and down, like we've said, hit those six five footers for par, 
that's everyone talks about with Hovland's game is his weakness. He he's not strong around the green, and I mean he he talks about this himself. He has his coach, and I think he has like a a mental coach as well to kind of help him through it. If, if for, that's people, be... for people who aren't seeing the video, Adam's doing the circles by his head motion. <laughs> <laughs> that's the, the mental coach. Yeah, okay. Clearly, I need a mental coach. But the thing that worries me with Hovland this week is that he was actually a negative, he had negative approach, which, yeah, that's, I mean, that's for, him to, for him to perform, he's got to be elite there and good everywhere else because at least until this week, he was top 10 in the, in the, uh, on the tour in terms of approaching the green. In my well, we opinion, like... that that battle is is up for grabs. I think either one of those guys, if they have a strong performance at the Tour Championship, it could tip the scales either way. Is this it then for those kind of things like Rookie of the Year? Is that this is the end of the season coming? Yeah. up. Yeah, I think one of those because they've almost they've almost flipped the script. You know, Hovland was was doing well after the restart. I don't think Scheffler was up there quite as much, and now they've they've sort of gone on the teeter totter there, and it's gone the other way. It could go either way at this point. I think one of them needs to make a statement. So the big difference we spoke about last week was Hovland has a win. It's not in the strongest tournament. And I think that Scotty Scheffler has better results in the bigger, uh, more difficult tournaments, stronger fields, but he doesn't have that win. So uh, I think we talk about the recency bias quite a bit too with, I mean, media and golf media and the fact that Scheffler was 59 uh, last weekend. It's another decent performance and Hovland's fallen off a little bit. I think that's why... More so, Hovland needs to make a statement. And if they're kind of tied, I think still just kind of the recency of Scheffler's, I mean, his 59, that's, that's so historic. His, his strong performances will edge out. So I think that pretty much does it for what, you know, that wraps up this week's BMW. We've talked about next week at the Tour Championship. Um, I wanted to get into a couple other golf notes here. Firstly, we talked about Phil last week on the podcast playing his first champions yeah. tour event i mean i thought maybe the odds were a little biased just because it was phil and in making him the favorite i think he proved they were not he impressively won by four shots 61 64 66 the 66 was a touch disappointing because he needed a 65 to set the record for um wow, fewest, I didn't know that. fewest strokes in, in, their, in champions in their tour. debut history no for the oh, uh, ever winning score on the champions tour if you look at those i look at after i made that comment about him you know maybe being the favorite because of his name i looked at the the card before they teed off there on on monday and i saw the length of some of the holes and i thought oh oh that's <laughs> you know his his bombs are going to be yeah. in play here and and you know that's what he ate that course up he made well, I think he made 10 birdies the first day with one bogey. Um, there might have been an eagle in there. I'm not sure, but well, he, and o- just, he overpowered it. He overpowered it really the shows the difference the for the guys like Phil who can still be competitive on the PGA Tour. Uh, like, There's only a handful of guys that can be on the Champions Tour and then come down to PGA events and and be competitive and, and right now Furick is is doing so i think yeah. and freddie yeah. freddie couples was able to do so for a while it, it's guys that they really need to manage their game like every aspect of their game and play very very smart golf and use all their savvy to to hang with with the guys that can just pump it out there but and some of them can do it and it's, it's very impressive but i think you're right phil still has the the distance um he still has the game of somebody that can compete 
on the PGA Tour. He's just not as consistent as he used to be, and that's why you don't I think see him up there as often. I mean, Phil's hitting it further than almost he ever has, I think. He might not have his full game that he once had, but he, like like you said, he's just, he, he can he can go out and compete on PGA Tour week in, week out. All right, guys, I think we're running a bit long here. So um, why don't you tell everybody where they can find you? Adam? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Adam Bapti. Craig? Uh, yep, yeah, I'm on Twitter at Grandstand Craig. And also just a reminder, Adam and I will be doing a DFS show uh, tomorrow. And that'll be on Twitch and then on YouTube as well. Monday night. And you, you can find me on Twitter at Grandstand Kevin. Also, f- make sure to check out all of our content at GrandstandGolf.com. And please subscribe and rate our podcast anywhere you get your podcast. And we look forward to you guys joining us in the grandstands and talking golf with us. See you next time. Take care. See you, everybody. Thanks a lot.